You are listening to Time to Revive. This show is designed to help you get the confidence to share your faith in everyday life. The music in the background is Revival from Third Day. Welcome back to Time to Revive. This is Mark Bird once again. I'm your host on the program today and joining me all the way from Columbia City, Indiana, Mr. Jesse Eisenhower. Jesse, welcome to the program today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. If you've been tuning in at all on the last few weeks, you know, we've been diving into this topic that we call lifestyle evangelism. And if you will, it's evangelism as a lifestyle. Again, not just that we do it when we feel like it or that we do it when somebody else calls an outreach or plans one, but it's literally us walking out every single day, the lifestyle that Jesus modeled for us, really. And this is what he did. And we're trying to follow in his footsteps. Now, the cool thing about this, and for the listeners who not have heard of Jesse before, he is actually an author of a book, and I'm going to let him talk about it a little bit. It's actually called The Fire Within, and it's available on Amazon, but I really want to allow Jesse to unpack a little bit about why he decided to write a book about this, and I guess kind of explain, Jesse, what is A Fire Within that you wrote about? Yeah, it kind of came out of, I don't don't know, I mean, maybe some people have this, some people don't, but I I have a, a need, almost an inner compulsion to pray with people, to share the gospel when I can. Like, I want to do it uh, all the time. I can't always do it, but on those days, I get really discouraged. Uh, It it puts me in a bad mood because I, I don't know, like I I need, I need to do it. It was kind of interesting when I was, when it was going to name the book, I didn't really know what to name it. And I was processing with our editor, who is my younger sister, her name is B. And we were, I don't know, like it just came out, uh, you know, talking about the, the the scripture verse where Jeremiah in chapter 20, verse nine says that uh, it, I say, I won't mention him or speak any longer in his name, but his message becomes a fire burning in my heart, shut up in my bones. And I've become tired of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot prevail. And th- it's this, this concept or this idea where Jeremiah had been delivering the message and nobody was listening. He's exhausted. Like, I just don't want to do it anymore. I'm tired of getting yelled at. But it's, it's that there's still, there's this fire inside. He wants to contain it. He cannot contain it. He's got to let it out. And for me, it, I feel like while our motives may be different, uh, I want to let it out. But it's that, that inner fire that burns. It, it's, it's there. Like, you just, you got to let it out. <laughs> yeah, Jesse. And I love it because basically what you're saying is, man, there's this fire that is so shut up in your bones to coin that phrase from Jeremiah, but like you won't be satisfied until you release that fire. And and I guess part of the authoring of this book, if I could, is that it's one of the releases that you have of that fire and, and just sharing it with people, which is exactly why we have this podcast. And it's exactly why we want to keep saying this because people we need you to think about God's desire for us to tell others about him. Jesse, tell us a little bit more about that fire that's within you. Yeah. So basically, I assume you're wanting to talk about the book a little bit, but 
so the the way that it sort of started was my wife and I were on our way home from Laporte, Minnesota. We did a revive city there, basically. And uh, on our way home from this outreach, my wife turns to me and says, hey, I think you should write a book. Uh, I think you should write a devotional. And I was like, no, <laughs> that's the dumbest idea I've ever heard. I don't <laughs> I don't like to read personally. I don't even like to read devotionals uh, of all the books that I avoid the most. Devotionals are them. I, I prefer just to use the Bible, ask the Lord, what do you want to say? And, and kind of do it that way. Um, I, I, I like reading plans, but I don't like, you know, following that uh, as my my full whatever, whatever you want to call it, meal for the day. And so I, I didn't like the idea, but my wife was like, well, just hear me out. And so she she was saying, well, what if you take 31 stories from when you've been out sharing the gospel and then you just have like a little lesson to go with it? So then it's mostly about stories of sharing the gospel and you can use it as a way to teach people how to share the gospel. And so I was like, oh, actually, that's a really good idea. I, I've never heard of a devotional that the entire purpose of it is to teach people to share the gospel on a daily basis. So each chapter has a lot of things that are very similar, right? Because, you know, within Revive, we had a, a particular way that we shared the gospel. So at the beginning of the book, we tell you the process, that way you understand. And then when we refer to the Bible and the wristband, you know, in each chapter, you already have that kind of understanding. Yeah. And so you know, helping people to overcome some of the lies that we believe, like I can't do it or I'm not called to do it. Uh, that tends to be a big one, like, you know, and just, and then addressing it uh, scripturally. Well, what does the Bible say? And so not not only that, you know, I think sometimes we we hear these stories from, I don't know if, if you've had like Wade on here or Kyle on here, but uh, both of those guys, they have these amazing stories. And, and I think a lot of times we sit here and we go, I'm not like that. I'm not as bold as Wade. I don't hear the Lord like Kyle does. You know, like I, we, we, we have all these excuses that come to our minds and sometimes they're true. You aren't as bold as Kyle or Wade. You, you're, you don't hear the Lord as well as they do. And that's, that's fine. Like he still speaks to you. He can still use you the way that you are and he'll use your experiences. And so in this book, you know, I try to have a wide variety of stories so that people can hear, you know, a couple of stories where there are big fireworks and everybody's excited and you can all shout and praise the Lord because it's exciting. And then there are other stories where it's actually incredibly simple. In fact, I, I think both Kyle and Wade and, and anybody else who uh, would, would consider themselves an evangelist, especially with uh, Revive, most of us would say that by far the bulk or the overwhelming majority of our encounters with people that all of those probably don't have any fireworks. They're not the kind of stories that most people want to just sit and listen to for hours and hours and hours, but they're all simple. Uh, it's just simple obedience time after time. You feel a little prompting, go pray for the guy or girl and, and you do it. And so, yeah, the book basically is, yeah, I mean, you know this, but Maybe the audience doesn't know. I worked for the organization Time to Revive for five years. We just left in, at the end of August so that we can uh, focus on a church plant that we started last year in Columbia City. And so all of these stories are stories that took place in a Revive city. And so I, for me, uh, you know, if, if 
you're ever, you know, using this as, as a way to encourage people to participate in revive outreaches. If they want to hear like, what, what is an outreach like? Well, you can, you could read the book and, and you would see uh, some of what goes on, but then also have the tools that maybe you can't ever come to an outreach. You could still read the book and then have all the same tools that they would have on, on an outreach. Yeah. And what's encouraging to me, Jesse, and I I'm praying that already the listeners are picking up on the fact of why I ask you to be on as a guest, because as a devotion, right, as a lifestyle, you were motivated and prompted by your wife, I might add, which is absolutely beautiful. And if you've met Ellie, uh, you'd be equally blessed. But what's so fun about this to me, Jesse, is the fact that you're like, it's a daily devotion because our witness our witnessing, whatever you say, our evangelism, right? And that word scares a lot of people, but literally yeah. our role or our job is a daily thing. And you're just, you're just sharing stories. And like you said, not all of them are fireworks, Jesse. And so then if you don't get fireworks every time, how do you stay motivated to keep doing it? Well, I know that this is probably anti- Christian culture right now, but personally, like I'm motivated by, by two different reasons. Um, but both, both love and duty are really important to me in the same way that I have a, a love and a duty to, to my wife. I have responsibilities to keep our relationship going. Like if I'm, if I'm not trying to constantly learn about her, you know, if I'm not showing her love in the ways that she needs to experience love, our relationship won't be very strong. And I think it's, it's the same way that, you know, like you clean the house and you do the dishes and you try to help out and you, you do, you have these different ways that you serve your spouse or maybe, you know, whoever it is that you love. Uh, we have the same, you know, we have, there are things that, that are, we can use to serve the Lord. And so for me, it's, it's both a love for God that I want to share but it's also love for people. Like I, I, I believe that hell is real. I, I believe that the consequences of not responding in repentance to the gospel is real. And so because of that, I'm also motivated because I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I, I don't, I, I just, I'm not somebody that's had this like insane experience where like God showed me a vision of hell and I see a bunch of people going into it and it, and it shook me or anything. I, for me, uh, my love grew. The more I talked to people about Jesus, the more I started loving people. In fact, in the book, there's a story where I, I run into this guy in Elkhart. I was on a team with Valida and we, we were in the library and a guy like me, I have a really loud booming voice in a library. Isn't usually a good idea, but this, this dude was, when we first saw them, I thought it was four girls sitting at a table talking and having a good time. And when we sat down and started interacting, it was really clear. Uh, he made it very obvious. It, it was not a girl. It was a guy. And he was very upset every time I would say she, but like visually, right? Like um, he's done everything he can to look like a girl, but it was really hard for me to try to even accommodate his pronouns because I, I almost had to just like close my eyes to talk to him because I, I just, it was, it was hard for me. But in that chapter, I, I talk about where my heart was. And so, um, you know, and I think for, for most people, it's, it's helpful when you hear uh, people who are really good at, at sharing the gospel, or what we think are, are really good at, at sharing the gospel. We hear these stories and we don't realize that for as many times as they did something good, they probably did something really bad. 
where they didn't love somebody well, or they maybe they said something that they regretted later on. I've had so many of those. Uh, maybe maybe most people don't, but I don't know. I, I all I know is for me in the book, and not just in the book, in, in my life sharing the gospel, there have been so many times where I've walked away going, I wish I would not have said this, or I wish I would have not have done that. Uh, and so the book talks about stuff like that too. Like we all we all make mistakes, and all we can do is you know, pray and ask the Lord to forgive us for it and then try not to do those types of mistakes again. And and the more we love the Lord, the more we pursue him. For me, the more I, I, I study the word and the more I see the way Jesus lived, the more I love him, the more I I want to do it more. And I want to I want to to spend more time helping people to come to know Jesus because like for me, you know, like he's saved me from so much. And so yeah. So Jesse, what I heard you say is you don't have to have your speech completely polished and you're not telling people in your book, memorize these words and go out and recite them. Is that true? Jesse? <laughs> I, I do think that there's an advantage to having the scriptures memorized. For one, there will be a time when you go to share the gospel and, and you like you're just going to like like nothing's there. But having those things memorized, like the Lord can bring those up. And, and that's good. I, I do think that that's good. But but the gospel, like even, even if people just look at the book of Acts, right? Nobody shares the gospel the same way every time it's presented. Like there's one moment when he just says, repent and be baptized, every one of you. Why? Because the audience that's standing there knows what repent means. They, they know exactly what goes into that. When Paul presents the gospel, you know, to the, I think, I think is it uh, Mars Hill, uh, the way he does it there, it's not the same. Why? Because they're not Jews, right? Like they, you have to put more context. You have to put more stuff because what repentance means to them isn't the same as it's going to mean to a Jew. And so like, I think so many times we want to have a script. Like if I just go, like when, when people make um, those calls and you just have a script and all I have to do is say these things that are on there and then I just revert to one of those things. It's like anytime you call... Uh, like, you know, your internet provider, like, hey, I'm having an issue and they just have the same thing and it's frustrating. But that's what we want. We want the security of a script. We want uh, we want to know that everything's going to happen a certain way. And, and it doesn't. There isn't a single story in scripture that like the only thing that's consistent is Jesus encountering somebody and they they, they get radically changed. That's that's what happens every time. Sometimes they get radically changed, but like they're they're pissed off about it. But like, you know, there are times when people come to Jesus and he's like, uh, go sell everything you own. And they're not excited about it and they leave. Uh, then there's other times when, you know, he calls them out on stuff. Right. And but in the end, what matters is they encounter Jesus. I can't do anything about their heart. I can't do anything about whether or not they accept the gospel. It's my job to present it and to leave the results up to them and the Lord. And I, I can't sit there and beat myself up every single time somebody says no, because depending on where you live, right, and the culture that's there, like, it's true that, like, you know, depending on where you're at, people respond differently to the gospel. And that's, that's totally fine. I think that can can change over time as you pray and, and sort of till the soil, so to speak. That's awesome. Again, folks, uh, you've been listening to Jesse Eisenhower from Indiana, missionary pastor now. And uh, Jesse is the author of a book 
called The Fire Within. It's literally a devotional guide through how to share the gospel, how to share the word of God as a lifestyle, as an everyday lifestyle. And I'm moved by this, Jesse. You talk about, and you title the book, The Fire Within. I'm reminded that there's a scripture in Hebrews 12, 29. It says, for our God is a consuming fire. And again, there's another quote very similar to that in the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 24, it says, the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. And you know, when people read about that in Exodus 20, which lists the Ten Commandments, and he says, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. And people are like, uh-oh, he's like green with jealousy. No, 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 no. What he's referring to is that he is a God who desires quality time with you. And you know, I had this discussion recently, Jesse, you'll, you'll love this. And uh, if you're familiar with the five love languages, okay, Uh, a a very well-known book, right? Teaching's been out for many, many years, but somebody asked me last week, they said, what do you think God's love language is? And I pause to reflect on that. It's like, well, it's not physical touch, right? It's like, there's no gift I could give him to impress him. You know what I'm saying? Words of affirmation. Yeah, yeah, he desires that. Uh, He desires our worship, but he doesn't become any stronger, more powerful. It's got to be quality time, Jesse. What do you think about that? Yeah, but... At the same time, I, mean, I think you see, and uh, we like I just spent time going through first, second, and third John because we're I'm still doing the revived school reading plan, so we just went through that. And one, what he says is, "This is love uh, that you obey my commands." And so it's like, like how many times do we know people who just spend all their time in prayer, but by the prayer, like they still they don't actually do anything for the Lord. Uh, they don't do anything that He says, other than like you know, spend that quality time in prayer. And I, to me, it, it's, it's both. And two, I, I think the quality time makes a lot of sense in, in this sense that, because this is what, what I, I don't know, maybe you don't ever hear this. I hear this often because of people who want to make excuses to not pray for people or share the gospel is that you, you don't have to stop praying to go pray for people. <laughs> it's not like, Oh, you can only pray in your closet. And or in a, like a, a group prayer gathering, and then you have to stop praying on the way to go look for somebody to pray, like pray without ceasing, right? Like you pray all the time, like you pray in the gathering, in your closet, in between, you know, in the car on the way there, you're praying, you're interacting with the Lord, um, you're praying in the spirit, asking the Lord to show you stuff. And then if he does great, if he doesn't, also great. But you're spending time with the Lord the whole time. So I would, I, yeah, I guess that makes a lot of sense. Quality time. Yeah. Cause then when you're sharing the gospel with people, like even that, like you're doing that with him, it's you're, you're not alone, which is part of why earlier you had asked me, I don't know if it was off the recording or not, what my life verse was. And I told you it's, it's Matthew 28, 19 and 20. And most people might think that the reason that that's my favorite verse or that it was or that like God picked it to be my favorite verse from the very beginning, because when I chose that verse, I was probably like five or six years old. Uh, I was sitting at my grandma's house with my mom playing with those better blocks. I don't know if you remember those at all. The ones they would like bend and stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, And my mom goes, do you have a favorite verse? And I said, no. And she goes, well, you need you need one. You, You need a verse that will be your life verse. 
And so I was just, I was just looking, flipping through the, the verse that I came to was the Great Commission, but not because of the go and share the gospel part or the go and make disciples. It was because at the end it says, I'll never leave you. And what mattered to me as a kid was to know that if I'm going to do anything for the Lord, no matter what I do in life, I just want to know he's going to be there. Like, that's all I cared about. I was ignoring the go make disciples part. I was just like, as a kid, all I care about is to know that I'm not alone. I'm, a, I'm too outgoing. I don't like to be alone. And I think most people don't like to be alone. But like for me, that was the, that was what was comforting. And that's what became, that's why it became my life verse. But then the more my life has evolved and the more the Lord called me to different things, the more the rest of it is actually uh, goes along well with it. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent, Jesse. And you know, uh, what I heard underlying in all this that you shared today is that love of Christ. And so it, it's the love for Christ. And you referred to first, second, and third John. And I'm remembering that we love him because he first loved us. I mean, he taught us how to love. And really, when you talk about doing evangelism as a lifestyle, dude, if you don't have love as your motivation, you will stop. You will burn out. The fire will go out because you're going on your own strength. And it's not a whole lot different than a a personal New Year's resolution. Unless you have that fire, I'm going to wrap up today with this scripture out of Psalm 119. Okay, very famous psalm, very super long psalm, 119. But specifically in verse 139, it says, My zeal has consumed me because my enemies have forgotten your words. Your word is very pure. Therefore, your servant loves it. Jesse, this is what I know about you. Not that you've actually said this, but I know this about you. And it's one of the reasons why I think it is time to have Jesse on the program because his word is very pure and you, his servant, loves his word. And here's what happens. You and I both have seen all of our times on the street. We have seen that the enemies of God have forgotten his word, but yet that fire that is within us. And by the way, Jesse's book one more time is called the fire within, and it is available on Amazon. And it's a really awesome devotion to keep us motivated to keep that fire burning. But the zeal has consumed me. The zeal, what the zeal of the love of God and for people to know and understand his word is pure and we must love it. Yeah. Jesse, man, I tell you, we we extended this new format to we could spend more time talking, but already we're out of time, like I warned you. So do me a favor, keep your ears on. We're going to have you back on the program again. But listen, it, it's such an exciting thing to know that you really don't have to strive. You really don't have to like make yourself. It's just fall in love with Jesus, love his word, love his truth, and allow his love and truth to motivate you. The scripture calls it compel. The love of Christ compels us to go and, as it were, tell the world, be reconciled to God. He is so good and his mercy endures forever. But Jesse, thanks again for coming on the program today. Thank you for having me. Folks, tune in again next week. We're going to have another guest. We're going to continue to unpack this lifestyle evangelism so that you and I can be not only fulfillers, but hopefully 
finishers of this great commission that God has laid before us. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to Time to Revive. Thanks for listening to Time to Revive. This show has been brought to you by Shine FM and Revive Ohio. More information about this program at shinefmohio.com. The Shine FM Podcast Network.